Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. Our thanks, first of all, to Ken Quiethawk for his amazing intro. Please check him out. He is a native storyteller and along with his wife have a tremendous career of preserving the history and the cosmology and the traditions of Native Americans in storytelling. And if you've never checked out this particular form of recording history, I suggest you find out about it because... It is not only educational and entertaining, but insightful and spiritual as well. So check out Ken Quiethawk or Native Storytellers on Google, and you will find some amazing information there that will that will certainly, um, I think, inspire you to uh, talking to your children and your friends about history because the, the spoken word seems to have before the written word, and perhaps it is a better way of preserving our history. I have with me today uh, Doug Kenyon, and he has written an amazing book called Ghosts of Atlantis. And um, this is a subject that is near and dear to my heart. All of you who know me know that I have been um, hunting for Atlantis in, in not only in literature but inside of myself and trying to find just where the this 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 myth, this story, this history um, has has seated itself inside not only me but but a lot of other people I know. Let me tell you a bit about this book. We live within the ruins of an ancient civilization whose vast size has rendered it invisible. Remembered in myth as Atlantis, Lemuria, or other lost world archetypes. The remains of this advanced civilization have lain buried it for millennia beneath the deserts and oceans of the world, leaving as many mysterious and inexplicable clues. 
Investigating the Perennial Myth of a Forgotten Fountainhead of Civilization, Doug presents extensive physical and spiritual evidence of a lost great culture, the collective amnesia that wiped it from planetary memory and the countless ways ancient catastrophes still haunt modern civilization. He explores evidence of advanced ancient technology, anomalous ancient maps, extraterrestrial influence, time travel, crystal science, and the true age of the Sphinx. He examines evidence of Atlantis in the Bible and ancient Armageddon, the Stone Age high-tech found at Gobekli Tepe, the truth of Rapa Nui at Easter Island and Zeptepe, monuments of Egypt, and mysteries of the Gulf of Cambrai, and what lies beneath the ice of Antarctica. He looks at extinction events, Earth's connection with Mars, and how our DNA reveals that humanity has had enough time to evolve civilization and lose it more than once. Exploring the advanced esoteric and spiritual knowledge of the ancients, he shows that the search for Atlantis and other lost worlds reflects the search for the lost soul of humanity. Drawing upon Velikowski's notion of a species-wise amnesia caused by the trauma of losing an entire civilization, he reveals how the virtual ruins of a lost history are buried deep in our collective unconsciousness, constantly tugging at our awareness. As he reveals, as he reveals, by overcoming the great forgetting, humanity can find its way out of the technical advancement, oh, out of the haunted labyrinth in which we find ourselves lost today and rediscover the heights of spiritual and technological advancement of our ancient ancestors. For over a quarter century, he was the author and publisher of Atlantis Rising magazine. He's the author and editor of several books, including Forbidden History and Forbidden Science, and the writer, producer, and narrator of several documentary films, including Technologies of the Gods, Clash of the Geniuses, and the Atlantis Convention. He is an amazing researcher, and he has put forth a tremendous amount of wisdom and knowledge that will hopefully trigger you into wanting to find out more about all of these aspects and concepts. The book, again, is Ghosts of Atlantis, and I want to welcome Doug to the show. I'm so glad you're here today, Doug. Well, thanks, Barbara. Glad to be here. Well, this book was, I salivated when I saw the topic, and the more I read, the more I realized this is the kind of book you have to read more than once, um, because it seems that consciously we are looking for certain things and and we sort of have blinders on and once you've found what you're looking for, then you expand the blinders and realize there were other things there that you want to go back and read again because there was another aspect here that you know you want to look into so so as consciousness evolves and, and expands when you've read the book once, if you go back and read it a second time and then a third time, you expand your your ability to accept the things that are written there and and incorporated into your your memory bank, so to speak. At least that's that's how it hit me. Well, I'll tell you what, I'd love to have uh, you out there uh, uh, promoting our book. You definitely have the uh, you definitely have the spirit that we're trying to connect with there, and. Uh, I appreciate very much your uh, 
your positive uh, presentation of what the book is all about. Well, in a, in a way, it's 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 saying, remember this, and and you know, first of all, you read the book because it says Atlantis, and everybody you know knows about Atlantis and wants to know more about it. But once you've read it, then you realize that the fact that that it had to have existed before the last ice age so therefore it opens you up to that possibility that what came before the ice age you know where was humanity where was society where was our culture or or was it even ours and so then you read it a second time and you realize that there's so much more here and then the the more you are open to the possibilities the more you are able to absorb and then and then the picture in your head gets bigger and bigger and bigger and then it's like why has science not you know science knows this but but archaeologists archaeologists for some reason seem to be caught with everything had to have happened and evolved after the last ice age there's no possibility that anything happened before then and that's just foolish oh yeah and um, the thing is, the picture is a big one. Uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of ways you can come at this, which is what we dis- what I discovered over the years working with Atlantis Rising magazine, is that there's uh, uh, in order to get the really the, the complete picture, you really have to be patient with uh, collecting the all the different strands and, and so forth to be able to see how it, it collectively presents a tapestry that uh, once you can, you, you really need to see the, the big picture in order to realize what the story is all about. Well, and that's what, and, and what I'm finding fascinating is that I buy the fact that there is um amnesia a collective uh, a collective amnesia it makes perfect sense and it what it feels like is that um it, it's sort of like i uh, let me step back a second i've often felt that science fiction was a way for reality to be put forth as science fiction so people were comfortable with it so that when it actually evolved and happened they were comfortable with it and That's you know, my best I just started to say that that's one of the one of the themes that we get into in the book by talking about the uh, uh, the book uh, by uh, Arthur, uh, by Arthur Miller uh, uh, a Canticle for Leibowitz, which was uh-huh. uh, a piece of great science fiction, but it basically you know carried the the very idea we're talking about, uh, showing what would happen. Uh, in the future after there had been a, a cataclysmic destruction of our civilization and what it would be like to try to recover uh, the fragments and pieces of that lost society and and put it together. And, uh, and science fiction, this so-called dystopian science fiction, does a good job of that and that, that people can uh, can get the picture uh, from those kinds of stories. 
Well, my favorite example, of course, is Star Trek, you know, with the doors that open and shut for them that was so amazing. And, and now we walk in and out of shopping centers and that happens with us and we don't think anything of it. And there are tricorders and there are scanners. All of those are out there now. And I guess because it was on TV and we thought, isn't that cute, isn't that funny, it, when it when it became a part of our reality, the only thing that, that bothers me slightly is that, um, so for the last 10,000 years, um, humanity thinks that they've, they've, you know, sprung beyond anything that's ever been here before, and yet there are so many reminders of us, to us, that there were cultures and societies and um, civilizations that obviously had to be far more technologically advanced than we are, and yet they're still trying to cram it all into the last 10,000 years, and it, it blows my mind. Um, you, know, there, you know, the construct- a, Well, there, there's a, um, there was a book that was out in the 60s by uh, R.J. Bronowski, uh, which you may or may not have read, called The Ascent of Man. And uh, this was kind of the, uh, you might say, the... Uh, Politically, uh, well, it was uh, the, what's the word, uh, uh, it was the the, the way that uh, we were supposed to look at things. And it showed basically the idea that we began at a particular time about uh, 4,000 years uh, B.C. Uh, we invented the wheel and uh, about 4,000 years ago. And ever since then, we've been moving forward in great strides. And uh, that, that's like the, uh, the party line. That's the, the view that everybody is supposed to accept. And uh, uh, John West used to talk about the Church of Progress, which is, uh, <laughs> which is what we're supposed to uh, uh, recognize and give authority to. It's also part of scientism. And, and the idea that uh, uh, the authorities of church and state had this uh, great wisdom and that, that whatever they say about the, the timeline uh, of the ancient past, that's, uh, that's the way it is. Uh, but in fact, uh, there's a lot more to it than that. And uh, it, there's a much bigger story than they're willing to, uh, they're willing to talk about. Well, scientists have acknowledged the fact that there have been four or five mass extinctions that have hit the planet. And how, um, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? How, how arrogant of us to think that we are the top of the food chain, that, that you know, society has never gotten any further than we are here today. But the reality is there are signals that that another society has gone way beyond where we are, and we just don't know what their technology is. I mean, the Great Pyramid, the uh, the cover stones that were on it before it fell off in that earthquake had water lines on it. So the Great Pyramid had been underwater um, for a great length of time. Uh, the Sphinx again has you know water damage to it, and then you have Gobekli Tepe. And, and, you know, there are so many things that we can't explain 
you know, and, and people, you know, archaeologists keep saying, well, it was an advanced technology and we will, you know, the, the tribes or whatever lost the technology and forgot them. And I, I don't think that's the case. I think that, that, that there were these monuments that were there and as we evolved, we saw these monuments and then used them for whatever purpose we could figure out. But, I mean, in Central America, all of the, um, all of the the, um, the pyramids and, and the structures that are there, I mean, that part of the country was never under ice during the Ice Age, and it it feels to me that um, tribes and cultures found them and decided to um, to utilize them. And uh, I, I my my thing on my computer decided to talk to me. They they just used them. They didn't know what they were for. And right. so, so it's, I, I mean, to me, they were, look at they the, were in, the yeah. They were in the, the, what they found, what the Incas found, was their inheritance, not their creation. Right. And what gets me is, if you, especially if you look at South America, the steps in most of those structures were not made for human feet. <laughs> they just weren't. What kind of yeah. culture would would you know construct something that massive and make it difficult to get up them? I mean, it just it doesn't make sense to me. And the other part, of course, are, are all of the maps that show, among other things, um, uh, Antarctica as ice free. So yeah, well, so, you're talking about the Peary Reese map. Yeah. And. And which was probably part of a much larger map, which uh, uh, which Columbus used when he sailed for America, uh, which was uh, th- there is evidence that he was following a uh, he that he had what was called a Mapa Mundi or a map of the world that was inherited from ancient sources, probably from. Uh, pieces that were kept in the library at Alexandria, and that uh, the Puri Reese map uh, was was a piece of that, which uh, has shown that there, the, the coast of Antarctica beneath the ice was known to an ancient culture. And, uh, of course, uh, the maps, uh, the so-called uh, portalons, which uh, were used by sailors in the Middle Ages to find their way from point to point where it contained implicitly information that was anomalous. It, 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 there, there is no evidence or no record of how the information that they were following was, uh, passed, uh, was passed along, how they acquired it. But it's clear that they, they, they did have it. And, uh, the, the meaning of those ancient maps is something that we do talk about in the book. We've got a whole chapter on the subject, and uh, there's a lot of, uh, of uh, a lot of evidence there that uh, that can't be explained by by the mainstream. Well, and you, you look at the Nazca lines. Also, I mean, again, something that can only be seen from above, and you know they can't explain why or how they were. They could, they kind of figured out how they were created, but not 
why or how they were able to map it out or grid it out and some of the um some of the the depictions are are very detailed um and they keep finding more and more of them so there's I, evidence I, that, the, that the the map was actually a map of the world and um that was uh but of course that would be uh, totally in contradiction of the uh, of the mainstream view, the paradigm. Uh, it was it's definitely a paradigm busting concept uh, that uh, they had the knowledge of uh, of the planet as a whole. In fact, that's we see that over and over again. Evidence that uh, there are present in 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 ancient patterns evidence of a knowledge of a worldwide order, a giant order, and, of course, nobody can comprehend that. Uh, it's it, the idea of primitive people uh, holding uh, uh, this kind of, uh, of understanding of a larger order is, is uh, uh, that's something that is, him, does not compute. <laughs> Well, I I think you know I I I nothing nothing like choking on air. I really we're running into some uh, there's there's some resistance to what we're trying to do, Barbara. (laughs) I think so. I think so. I'd like to go into Vilikovsky and the fact that there is an amnesia that culturally we all are a part of and that we are finally growing out of that amnesia. You want to kind of go into his philosophy and how it applies to us? Yeah, well, sure. Uh, Emmanuel Velikovsky was primarily uh, made a big splash in 1950 with his book, uh, Worlds in Collision. And, uh, Probably no one else over the last 70 years has been more directly linked with the notion of Earth's forgotten history uh, than uh, than Velikovsky. He he was a one of those. Uh, he, he knew uh, Carl Jung and uh, and Sigmund Freud uh, and was kind of part of the group there, uh, and he. He was a psychiatrist as well as as, as an uh, archaeologist, and uh, he, in a, his ideas on this subject, were kind of uh, pulled together into a book called uh, Earth and Amnesia. He didn't a, he didn't it was a collection of what of comments that he had to say on the subject, and uh, uh, he, he and it was called uh, Earth and Amnesia. And basically the idea is that uh, society has lost its memory of its own, of how it, uh, how it evolved. And uh, in that amnesia, you know, we uh, have uh, lost contact with, uh, with our own identity and with our own soul. Uh, of course, Vilikovsky, uh <laughs> Uh, wrote uh, a number of books, and he's considered the father of catastrophism. 
And the importance of that is that uh, the mainstream view of natural history is that things evolved extremely slowly over thousands of years and that that's the way we explain uh, the world in which we find ourselves. And But in fact, uh, uh, there, history, natural history of Earth has been punctuated by uh, many events. And of course, in uh, Plato uh, tells how someone's trying to call me, but I, I had to uh, decline there. You know, it's funny, I've had two calls in the last few minutes here. Uh, people who are trying to get my attention right now as we're trying to talk about this subject. But Velikovsky, uh he was uh, looked down on by the establishment, but he's really a brilliant uh, 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 scholar and produced tremendous evidence. And uh, we talk about that in the book. And um, he was talking about his, I think his chronology was a little bit different than uh, we look at today primarily. Uh, uh, he thought that that perhaps uh, he was looking at biblical history and, and biblical events like the flood of Noah and so forth, and trying and he was associating them with a period of about three thousand uh, three thousand BC or four thousand BC, and looking at that as uh, looking at these biblical events as evidence of this. Um, of um, the uh, the trauma that we lost uh-huh. uh, touch with, and that uh, basically, uh, it, I think the mis- the point there is that really Plato was much more uh, was much more accurate, and um, uh, Plato, of course, uh, they tells how the priests that spoke to Solon in uh, in uh, Egypt basically tell him that earth experience that civilization experienced many uh interruptions and uh, destructions destruction of fire destruction of flood and so forth and this of course fits right in with what Velikovsky was trying to say even though Velikovsky was looking at a much more recent uh, was thinking in terms of a much more recent date, but I think that Velikovsky's uh, theory, if you if you combine that with Plato's ideas, you start to get the real picture. Yeah, I agree <clears throat> because even in um, in one of the tombs in I think it's on the Giza plateau or, or close to it, they they literally have <clears throat> the the stars reversed so that it it, it is. Um, and nobody makes that kind of mistake on purpose. So that, so that, obviously they're they're coming to the the understanding that sometimes the poles of the Earth do shift, so the skies will be you know different. And, and so we've gone through a lot of different evolutions of of the planet doing what's normal for the planet, and yet very unnormal, abnormal for humanity. And I think that the 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 fact that because these strange things happened, 
and we can't explain them and we don't have any myths or stories or histories because everything was wiped clean just about trying to to reconstruct came before that last ice age to me is absolutely fascinating and and in in my belief system at least i really believe that the the pyramids came before the last ice age and and sure. probably a lot of the structures in south america and whatever whatever Antarctica, Antarctica holds for us, it, it seems to me, is still there to be discovered. And it, it's sort of like, it feels to me as though people are very reluctant to admit to the fact that we are still climbing out of being primitive, and, and coming into a time where, when we can use technology, but unfortunately our culture today, anyhow, um, anytime there's a new adv- invention or whatever, they immediately weaponize it. So the chances are that at some point in time we may wipe ourselves out again to start again, maybe as primitive or single cells, who knows? But we don't seem to be doing a very good job of evolving into a more spiritual aspect of creation. And I think that's where past civilizations have fallen apart as well. Yeah, I think you're intuitively getting the picture. It's it's extremely difficult to state this in, in, in uh, terms that are understandable to uh, the materialist uh, uh, authority structure that we find uh, because there's this uh, uh, and this particular uh, worldview is very dismissive of uh, of a more intuitive uh, uh, kind of awareness but I think that uh, the fact is that the intuitive view of things ends up being much more real than the uh, than the so-called uh, objective view that uh, that dominates. I think what we try to do in the book is just by looking at a lot of data points. I mean uh, uh-huh. that people don't ordinarily think of, and then you're able to to see the picture. And I think that uh, to me, I think reincarnation is uh, is a very important part of it. In fact, that's what gives us the uh, the memory of a uh, of a prior uh, lifetime. That's what makes it so important to us to look at these subjects because the fact is that we're the same people who went through uh, whatever we went through on Atlantis and we're in jeopardy of going through the same thing again and that, of course, is the reason why this subject is an important one. Uh, of oh, course, yeah. Vilikovsky and a lot of the uh, people who uh, who explore this kind of thing don't want to look at that in particular, and it's difficult for them to. Uh, our culture does not have a place for. Uh, I mean, for reincarnation uh, for. Uh, for recognizing that uh, we are influenced by uh, experiences that we had in a prior lifetime, and it seems to be kind of airy-fairy 
and uh, sort of, uh, it, it's not taken, people don't want to take that seriously. But in fact, it's very, it's, it's a very serious thing. And uh, it's the one thing that ties together uh, our, uh, um, the, the elements that we're trying to put together here. Uh, and we, we do talk about that in the book. Uh, we don't uh, get any uh, hard assumptions there, and we just prevent, uh, present some evidence that explains, uh, you know, how this kind of thing uh, could be, and uh, and there's certainly there's certainly plenty of it. Well, you know, when you look at at history and <clears throat> what has been done um, with the with 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 the human form that we're in right now, um, the potential for us to do amazing things with energy is there and yet not not tapped into and and literally poo-pooed by so many people. It's ridiculous. And yet there are people today that, that are, are working with energy in new and different ways. I mean, I the, the best example I've got is the Coral Castle in, in um, Florida, where the man moved these huge boulders with with no tools, with no lifts, with no machinery, and he had to have done it energetically. They weren't just boulders; they were, you know, walls and and uh, and large structures that were uh, weighing many tons that he positioned without uh, no one is no one knows how he did it, uh, uh, but. Um, it had to be energetically. He he wasn't having little people coming out of the ground and doing them. It had to be energy. And when you look at, you know, <clears throat> avatars through time have utilized energy in, in many different ways as that have been reported in the Bible and in other places as well, so that we are capable of much more than um, – than we're utilizing at this point in time. And unfortunately, the intellectual side of society has so much, you know, they'd rather create technology to do it than to utilize the energy we have within us, which blows my mind. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think it gets down to there's the, the split between the uh, the objective, rational, numerical side of ourselves and the intuitive side, uh, which and they're represented by the different hemispheres of the brain, and mm-hmm. basically uh, uh, putting those two halves back together again is our challenge, and that's part of the part of the result of the amnesia that we're talking about is that there's this great split or schism between these two different uh, uh, methods of uh, of awareness. Uh, I've often use the idea that uh, I don't, this is not something that comes up in the book, but the idea is that, you know, you have two eyes. Both eyes see a two-dimensional world, but when you put them together, a third dimension, a dimension of depth emerges, and this is, this is possible because of the union of two different spheres of awareness. And in terms of the brain, uh, which is really a I don't believe that consciousness comes from the brain, but the brain is a kind of a valve, a uh, reducing valve, where uh, consciousness uh, 
which consciousness is able to use and to come through. And you get these two different ways of looking at things, the intuitive and the uh, linear uh, world, and you put them together, and it opens up another dimension of experience, which was uh, something not previous, uh, was not anticipated by those who pursue this. And I think that that's, that's what we're, that's the potential, uh, the, you might say, uh, the fruit of the union of those two different uh, uh, worlds. And um, that's what we should be seeking. And the fact that we're, that we've lost track of that is one of the reasons we're in so much trouble right now. Yeah, I my philo- my philosophy, and it's just mine personally. Um, I at least I think it is. Um, is that you know our body is in many ways an avatar. Our brains are a motherboard, and the spirit works through those things to manifest within the physical reality. And sure. and so that so that what we've got here is and and you know like I said before Plato. Plato didn't write science fiction. He was a philosopher. And so what he was giving us was um, hints of what came before we came. And I think oh, that you see that. It was more, it was more than I'm hints. I'm sorry, go It was more than hints. He provided a lot of detail, a lot of evidence, a lot of detail, which was not just, uh, as you say, it was not just uh, science fiction. And, 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 you know, what gets to me is I, I, would, I would think and, uh, and I would like to believe that any culture that was that advanced probably saw destruction coming and tried to leave signs and signals for the future, you know, to grab onto when they got to evolve to a point where they could understand and utilize the information. <clears throat> and I think we're getting there, but I don't think we're all the way there. I'm sure that there are signals that are all over the place. Look at Gobekli Tepe. That was buried on purpose for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and when, you, when you take a limited consciousness and try to explain it, it doesn't work. So so you have to say, okay, there's more to this than we're seeing. And, I mean, it, it, some of the explanations for some of the edifices that are around the world are, are just are humorous. Um, yeah, but- look at the Great Pyramid. Look at the Sphinx. I mean, how, how, do you, how do you date the Sphinx? I mean, come on, it was buried in sand and it has water damage to it. How can you say it's only as old as you say it is? You just can't. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to think bigger. And that, of course, is one of the main points of our book is that uh, the, the sphere of, of the represented by Atlantis is a much larger spock uh, than, than, uh, than people are willing to comprehend. They only want to think of it as a kind of a cartoon. They don't want to see it as a... Uh, as a profound um, uh, 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 structure that exists on a, you know that exists in our consciousness and our memory on, it, on an unconscious level, and that it's influencing us 
to move in a particular direction. And it's if you really want to understand why we do what we do and some of the strange things that we do, then you've got to look at the history of our experience uh, in Atlantis and uh, and uh, and elsewhere. Well, look at look at even I, it, this is not in the book, but um, the element of the Bosnian pyramids. Now they are supposedly forty thousand years old, which takes us beyond the last ice age. Um, and there, there, it does feel like, like whoever or whatever that that civilization was, did try to leave us hints and 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 to leave us messages about what happened. And I don't know if the Bible, you know, I don't know if the Bible really has any information in it or not. But but there are hints that does explain stuff, but. It's a matter of people having the the willingness to accept the fact that that there was a culture, a civilization here that predates that flood, and that was farther advanced than we are today. And you know, yeah. did they go off planet when when this happened, or were they were they actually you know destroyed? How you know what happened? Where did you know? Where did they go, and and if so, if they went somewhere, how'd they get there? Yeah. Well, there's certainly um, uh, you're pointing out the main theme of the book, which is that there's yeah. plenty of there's plenty of uh, evidence uh, for the existence of a prior advanced civilization that we uh, that we are intimately connected with, but which we have forgotten and which we don't want to think about because thinking about is painful. Uh, it reminds us, you know, of mistakes that we made and uh, reminds us of what our responsibility is now that we are awakening to our, uh, to our greater identity and that as we do so, we've got, to, uh, we've got to modify our behavior so that we uh, like they say, the first rule of when you find yourself in a hole, the first uh, rule is stop digging. And uh, <laughs> that's how, <laughs> if we're going to do yeah. that, then we've got to uh, we've got to uh, alter our behavior if we're going to figure out what's going on. Only thing is, I mean, all of these ideas, if you look at them outside of the evidence, they may it may sound like. Uh, it's that it's just uh, another uh, form of uh, of do-goodism, and you don't have to really uh, think about it. But we've got a lot more in the book that uh, is hard to ignore, uh, and uh, that's what, of course, is what you're you're motivated by here. Yeah, it's just you know when you think of Zeptepi and. <clears throat> Rapa Nui, and you know, uh, it, it's yes, our species. Somebody survived that cataclysm, and we went back to the Stone Age for sure. But mm-hmm. but then then you know we evolved again, and it's it's almost as though there is a reluctance to wrap ourselves around 
our history. And I think what bothers me so greatly is that we're, we're, we're making such great attempts to go to other planets and other places and things like that, and, and yet the Earth is a mess. And why don't we take care of our home first and, and, and then reach for the stars? It doesn't make sense to me. And it's not that I'm not, you know, into space travel, and I'm certainly, I believe in interdimensional travel, and I believe in reincarnation, and I believe there are other species out there. But who would want to be in contact with what we are right today because we are so barbaric and so warlike, how could they how could they even think that we could be peaceful, loving, and sharing? I mean, seriously. Um, well, you, you, the, the, the fundamental the fundamental problem, in my view, is uh, is a deep psychological problem. Uh, we have uh, we behave the way we do because we don't know who we are, and uh-huh. we we basically. Uh, uh, there's a split uh, between um, our true identity and what we're asked to uh, accept, uh, what we're trained for, and uh, and we and therefore to identify with the with the with the self that we're given to identify with. Uh, uh, we it's like putting your foot in a shoe that doesn't fit and it's painful uh and uh being able to identify the the proper source or you know the the uh, of 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 who we are and this is our it's the it's a question of origins and because we don't uh, uh, look at this uh, respectfully, and and because we're uh, we don't really uh, we're trying to dodge the implications of it all, and the implications, yeah. of course, are, are very are can be very disturbing, and so and that's. That's what we've been dealing with for thousands of years, and in that process, we have uh, we have constructed this synthetic uh, concept of self, and uh, basically, uh, it doesn't work. And uh, trying to trying to uh, wear the shoes that we're given uh, to, to to wear is 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 quite quite painful and so we're basically trying to uh throw, we're motivated to throw it off and to try to come up with something that fits better and uh uh and that of course uh is a very uh difficult proposition i think people do this because they don't they don't have the picture uh, and if you give them the picture, then they can make those kinds of adjustments more, more successfully. Well, if 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 indeed we are coming from a time of fear, and and I would think that a cataclysm that would wipe out most of a, most of the planet <clears throat> would be would be terrifying. 
And if we are yeah. inclined, if that trigger is in our consciousness and we are constantly feeling that our survival is important so that we are struggling to, you know, protect ourselves, then I can understand why looking for a source of civilization that, that came before the last Ice Age or maybe even before then, because if we've had at least you know four or five mass destructions, it's happened a number of times, and and each time we've climbed out of the, you know, we've come from single cell and we've evolved again, and 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 so here we are, but society as a whole has this fear trigger, and and it's a matter of. With with everything that's going on on the planet at this time, there's that 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 fear again, and <clears throat> to be able to say, well, wait a minute, we came from peaceful, loving, compassionate, spiritual entities that 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 either screwed up or there was a planetary catastrophe that they had no control over, and whatever happened, humanity was shoved back into the in, into a primitive stage once more. And as we climb out, we're afraid that, that that will happen again. So that rather than going forward into a more, um, I don't want to make it woo-woo sounding, but a more spiritual phase of life and experience, we, be, we, we become primitive once more and we begin to struggle for survival. And by struggling for survival, we cut off that part of ourselves. Yeah, that's the, that's the, uh, the that's the danger that we face, and you know uh, uh, the idea that's presented from the mainstream, and I mentioned it earlier, this idea of that the history of of human experience on Earth is a history of uh, uh, of gradual change over over time, and loses sight of the fact that things uh, that there were these catastrophic events that really have uh, interfered with our development and that uh, uh, so catastrophism as it's called is is something that uh, we, you know we have to take into account and things have happened uh, in a very uh, relatively short period of time that are usually thought of as acquiring as occurring over many many uh, thousands of years but in fact it's all telescoped down into a relatively short uh, experience uh, uh -huh. and and that is something that that is a very the idea was uh, there's a strong visceral rejection of anything that appears to be uh, in the Bible, uh, and uh, this is, and of course, I think that there, you know, there's a lot of uh, the so-called Bible thumpers that uh, uh, were pushing their particular point of view, uh, and that uh, then along came, uh, uh, you know, Darwin and the uh, uh, and a whole scientific way of looking at things. Which uh, replaced uh, the the notion that was uh, that prevailed previously with this idea that 
don't worry about it. It's all very slow and very gradual over a period of time. And the truth is actually a combination of both. Things, things, there is, uh, uh, a, gradual evolutionary process that is unfolding, no doubt about it, and there's plenty of evidence for it. But there's also evidence of extraordinary events that that over and over again brought things to a shattering conclusion and forced people to go back to start over again. And that's that's what we're really looking at. And it usually the argument is presented as a choice between one or the other. You either believe in, uh, you know, in, in the gradualist point of view represented by the academic establishment, or you believe, uh, on the other hand, in, uh, you know, divine intervention. And I'm not ruling out divine intervention. Don't misunderstand me on that. I'm just saying uh-huh. that I don't believe that that's the way it works, that's the way it happens, because I think basically we're put into a world where we're expected to learn from our experiences and we're expected to learn how to navigate our way through uh, these uh, learning experiences that we have, and it's a very slow process, And uh, uh, and but things can be interrupted by by events of uh, of an extraordinary magnitude uh, that uh, uh, and we have the the memory of experiences like that, and it's very scary the thought of having to go through that again, but in fact that's what we we risk by failing to come to grips with the with what's actually going on and the requirements that are there for uh, uh, basically trying to guide us uh, to uh, to uh, a more successful outcome. Well, humanity is, I mean, you know, there, there are all sorts of uh, projects that are going on where they're hiding, uh, not hiding, but there's, they're burying or secreting DNA of animals and people and species of of whatever, so that if the earth is wiped out again that that you know you can recreate everything that's here of course i don't I know they're storing all of this in many places i I think Antarctica is one place but um but but I'm wondering if they put the owner's manual there, and I wonder if this has happened before, where society has become so intelligent to realize that it can be destroyed in a heartbeat, so that it hides material and and um, the potential for recreating the world. But, but there, then it's kind the of handbook like the story was of the, like the story of the Ark of Noah is what you're basically yeah. describing, and. Yeah. It, there, there is, and uh, and that, of course, is there are various projects to basically uh, uh, gather together the seeds of uh, of a new order from the dying world in which we live, and to assemble them into uh, a form that they can be reconstructed by uh, by uh, a, a future Survivors. world that. Uh, 
that uh, are the survivors of the world in which we live presently. Yeah. There, there was a science fiction movie called, um, and this goes way back, um, I date myself, called Silent Running. Um, sure. That, that had that had a spaceship out there that had had all of the um, material to create a new world on it and and that it was traveling through space and time to find a place where you know our our life and our our our, our species could could regenerate again um, <clears throat> i mean your book your book just you know it triggers so much memory of okay so so we've got all of this material we've got this the the story of what could happen um but they don't really tell you how do you avoid it happening again so you know that that is a bit of a of a dilemma once you accept the fact that okay there was this civilization it was destroyed by by some way and so here we are again um trying to do better each time i would hope and and yet we seem we seem frozen in fear yes and uh that's true and i think that uh we have been presented with uh you might say a path a path uh-huh. to follow to our uh, to uh, to recover uh, from uh, the circumstances in which we find ourselves. And, I mean, it's implicit in, frankly, I think it's implicit in, in all of the great religions, uh, East and West, uh, which is, uh, you know, what is, which is telling us over and over again where we came from and, and, uh, and what it is that we that is expected of us in terms of responsible behavior that uh, would uh, guide us out of the uh, of the present uh, of the present impasse. Uh, and I okay. think that uh, for someone who who uh, takes these ideas seriously, uh, when you you run into the great teachings of uh, of uh, the great teachers of East and West, you find that they indeed were offering exactly the kind of uh, prescription that we need to basically gather uh, our, um, uh, you know, learn to behave as we need to behave and uh, the practices that we can use to, uh, to, uh, to pull it together. Um, uh-huh. And I think that uh, you find that in, I think it's at the core of, I think it's the, it's the core of, of, of Christianity, it's the core of Buddhism, it's the core of, uh, of Hinduism, it's the core of, 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 of every great religion, uh, if from, uh, and I don't mean to leave anybody out as a uh, and to therefore deme- uh, to uh, to suggest that uh, that there's that it's not present in in uh, it's not 
in, in any of these. It's present in all of them. And well, yeah, the foundation of all of them is the golden rule. That's where it all yes, starts. That's true. And it, it, and it goes, and the relationship between them is, is profound. And it shows clearly, as the more you look at it, uh, uh-huh. you can see how, uh, and all roads lead to Rome, they used to say. Uh, you, you can see the parallel the parallel uh, uh, of the teachings between different schools and how that they were uh, representing an understanding of this. I mean, a lot of the really esoteric teachings and people like, say, uh, in something like theosophy, for example, and there are other examples of this, they're basically, this is the message that uh, oh, yeah. all of the all of the all of the great teachers were saying the same thing, and that uh, you know people ignore these things, uh, but they do well, so yeah, at their peril. It's not religious dogma; it's spiritual philosophy that appears That's to be right. the way. It's, it's spiritual science. <laughs> this is the okay. I'll say, the, I'll, yeah, I'll accept that. <clears throat> it's it's the come it's learning about cause and effect. It's uh-huh. learning about uh, what it is that uh, if you it may seem like uh, it's a simple thing, but if you're thinking about individual responsibility and you're looking at uh, uh, you can't do uh, you cannot enter into certain kinds of behavior because if you do so, you'll not only destroy yourself, but you'll destroy uh, the world in which you find yourself. And uh, well, so you uh, have it, to... It appear, yeah. No, no it, it, it appears. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have... No, to, it, and so some of this seems very simple, but it's, but it's, 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 it's true. And you Lord, can't absolutely. And, you know, I think that, that, you know, that old adage of, you know, if you don't pay attention to history, you're going to repeat it. I think we've done it a number of times. Absolutely. And, 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 that's the and happily, very happily, we we seem to be able to go back from scratch and start again. And well, each time I would hope we get further and further. Yeah. Do you have well, any? No. Do you have? Do, do you have any um, opinions as to the purpose and the meaning of Gobekli Tepe? Well, I, I kind of think that uh, that uh, the the survivors of the earlier uh, world that was that was destroyed were basically involved in an effort to try to relaunch uh, some of the basic activities of civilization that uh, needed to be present mostly I think probably uh, uh, maybe maybe uh, farming and uh-huh. and to teach people how to how to grow things and to do things in a way that uh, was uh, 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 could be successful and that's just that's just an opinion I mean I, I don't have uh, 
um, I, I think that there was something like that was going on. It was, I've heard Graham Hancock talk about uh, uh, that people were were being pulled together to to launch the the new order that was going to come, and uh, uh, uh-huh. and guided by the survivors of the world that had been destroyed. Uh, and uh, it, it time had enough time had, had passed apparently that some of these things could be attempted again. And uh, I think that in many cases, uh, I think that when you you look at uh, there were experiments, experiments to see what people could uh, could. Uh, understand and uh, and trying to get them to attempt some things and uh, maybe maybe uh, they got off the track and maybe uh-huh. uh, they maybe they didn't fully get the message and they were attempting things and it basically the effort had to be shut down I think that there was a, I think there have been many many such episodes I mean I think that a lot of the talk about the Anunnaki and so forth is really based on the idea that, okay, you have uh, advanced beings attempting uh, uh, various forms of uh, various experiments and uh, that they were basically, uh, uh, some of them got off the track and and had to be, Uh uh, had to be, uh, the plug had to be pulled. And, uh, but, uh, and they kept, attempting all kinds of, of such things. I think the founding of the United States was 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 a uh, an experiment, a divine experiment, if you will, at that where a lot of things were brought together and a lot of things became possible that weren't uh, that hadn't been uh, successfully done before. And uh, so uh-huh. that was one that worked. And I think there have been uh Many such uh, such uh, attempts to, uh, to 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 pull things back together, and I think it's still going on. I think there's even with all the bad stuff that's happening, I think that there's a lot of there's there's uh, there are enlightened efforts going on in other dimensions to basically try to get. Uh, humanity back on track again. And, oh, uh, I totally and, agree with you. Uh, and I think it could. It there there. I think there are probably many surprises in store in terms of the way things actually unfold. Things don't have to be quite as uh, dire as they no. um, as they appear to be right now. And so uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that that, uh, that things can be that uh, the ship can be righted. I I agree with you. I think that, um, first of all, the Bosnian pyramids, one of the, uh, are you familiar with them at all? Yeah. I know the, uh, Um, I know the, I personally am not convinced that that's a, that's a real thing, but, but, uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's things, things like that are out there for sure. Well, there there were graphics on on one of the boulders inside of it that that alluded to the fact that 
the, the those that created them. I mean, if if they indeed were, um, <clears throat> uh, that the, the, the element of a stargate was was alluded to. And if you look at um, the Rendlesham Forest um, event in um, in Europe, um, the guy, one of the guys that touched the drone that that apparently was there was downloaded with binary code and that that referred to um that that it was a a drone that came from the future and if you look at the crop circles that we experience um the only way i can explain that is interdimensional travel and and so it does feel as though there are forces that are trying to wake us up remind us give us information and 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 in many cases we just aren't aren't picking up on them it's it's sort of like you know we're looking at things and we're saying isn't that isn't that pretty i don't know why what it means but isn't it pretty and and i do think that a lot of the crop circles have meaning to them i don't know what it is but no, i do I, feel that I, you know, that is certainly something that has to be taken seriously i I think that when it comes down to thinking about whether there are whether the influences that are behind the scenes on Earth come from this planet or other planets or other dimensions, I think that uh, all of those things are within the realm of possibility. And I I think that uh, uh, the important thing, I, I, frankly, I think that Earth is a crossroads where uh-huh. you've got you've got influences coming from every conceivable and maybe inconceivable uh dimension that uh, basically in many of those forces uh, uh you know they they collide or they converge here on earth and so you get things from many different places i think the you don't really need to you can you can understand so much of what's been happening in terms of a kind of esoteric history here on Earth where you have um, uh, the fact is that our ancestors achieved much greater, uh, achieved much more than we generally realized. And that there's a, there are, uh, you don't need to go to other worlds to understand or to 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 see to to get the picture for what's been going on on Earth, and exactly. I think that um, exactly. uh, that's where a lot of people want to do that. But the fact is that uh, that there's been much more developing and coming from sources here on this planet than we generally uh, give credit for, and uh, uh, and that's and. Frankly, if we can work out our connection with the with the uh, with the enlightened order of the past here emerging naturally from uh, the forces uh, on this world, if we can do that, then we will be able to do uh, what we're uh, what we need to do. And we don't. Frankly, I'm a little bit uh, concerned about. Uh, Looking at uh, at influences that come from other worlds, because I don't know how much they can be trusted to basically 
I, I, I suspect that uh, there are dangers there that we have to be we have to be looking out for. And I'm not saying that there's not. Uh, I think that there. I think there are efforts to basically um, uh, law, draw us into uh, circles that we maybe are out of our depth with, and that we oh, perhaps yeah. should we should have our we should have our guard up a little bit more, and uh, that's. <clears throat> That, well, when you look at when you look at what the Europeans did and what we did to the Native Americans that were here, we assumed right. that we were so much more evolved that we destroyed cultures and societies that were probably even more evolved than we were. And for exactly us to right. think that that wouldn't for for us to think that that wouldn't happen to us is is yeah. very arrogant but then but then humanity has been arrogant in the past so well it's at least no, yeah. naive <laughs> yeah i mean it it's uh you know when when um people talk about signing a contract with an alien race i laugh why would an alien yeah. race sign a contract with us all they need to do is yeah. take us over i mean <laughs> you know, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't take yeah, we may be so, just like a kind of some kind of some kind of uh, bug to them, and uh, that exactly. they are interested in basically eradicating. Uh, well, you, you don't know, and the thing is that you, you, it could be that, or it could be they could be benign. Who knows? You don't know, and so until you know, you can't take a chance. And uh, that's uh, because to do so is uh, is really uh, uh, could be really really foolish. But, oh yeah, uh, that's, absolutely. Uh, that we have to. We, but the thing is that I, I think that the guidance that we need uh, and the 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 uh, is the guidance that we've had all along. And if you want to look at the positive events that have occurred in history, that's how you get to uh, the really uh, the older brothers and older sisters who basically have been trying to show us the way all along, and they've maintained continuity through because they've over, they have overcome the limitations of the physical world, and basically uh-huh. they can maintain continuity through, through uh, many lifetimes that the rest of us aren't able to maintain because we're, we're not evolved to the point that we can do that. And it's very difficult for us, uh, you know, we struggle to really understand these kinds of influences, but they they are there. And if we uh, and we just this is why if we develop our own uh, hearts to uh, uh, to to where it's in tune with the with the divine purposes of the, of, of life, then we're basically uh-huh. much more receptive to these kinds of to the to the positive influences that are available to us. And uh, that's what we need to be learning about. Oh, absolutely. I I keep being reminded of the Twilight Zone where the spaceship lands and the the space person comes out and helps humanity. And then he has a book that says to serve humanity. And he, you know, they help, they, they they give the planet 
lots of technology and then they say, you know, we want to, you know, anybody who wants to come back and, you know, to the planet with us, you know, you have to gain weight in order to, because of the travel and everybody gains weight to go. And then it turns out his book, To Serve Man, is really a cookbook. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> well, it's, you know, that's that's what, as sad as it is, you know, that's what we have to consider. They, You don't know. Absolutely. You just don't know what any uh, any uh, alien uh, forces uh, might be up to. And so we've got to, and uh, you, the, the example you quote of what happened to the, uh, to the Native American cultures who were, uh, who were exposed to, uh, European culture discovered uh, uh-huh. and some of it was not necessarily I, I, I'm not one of those who thinks that it, you have to look at uh, uh, you know bad motives necessarily it's that but bad motives are not the accident I mean the diseases that were basically oh, yeah. uh, 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 in uh, uh, received by the by the natives is something that uh, uh, I don't think that had to be. I don't think it was intentional, but oh no, the, I don't think that result, was either. The result, the result was the same. I think there's way too many people trying to make out like it was intentional, uh, and uh, try to. I, I, I think we need to have a much uh, more balanced uh, perspective on these things and look at them with a more common sense. Unless, well, uh, I, I, I agree uh, with yeah, I agree with you on that. But but look at also the fact that you know uh, I, I, the diseases you know totally unintentional. However, we felt them primitive and we wanted to convert them to Christianity and we destroyed yeah. our spiritual culture. You know that that was Absolutely. there too. So 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 our we arrogance. About in the book. You, you know we know you know we talked about that in the book and tried to make the point. Yeah. And, that's and how this is how a lot of uh, the amnesia we're talking about uh, came about because of the effort to suppress, uh, you uh-huh. know, uh, very uh, types of knowledge that uh, that was um, uh, was not in the interest of certain powers that be. Oh yeah, the the Aztec codices. Um, I mean, there there's so sure. much. You know, in, in in our arrogance, we have destroyed a lot of material that could have been of great help and benefit to us. So, um, it, you know, it, it should be it, it should be a, a, a process of evolving. And while technologically, you know, we've evolved, but but I. The, the spiritual aspect of it hasn't been there, and so there's we're looking for a balance, hopefully, and with that balance will come an opening. It's almost like we have a a governor on our our consciousness as far as how much we we can embrace and once we get to a place where we can embrace the fact that you know we have destroyed ourselves <laughs> a couple of times no you're, um, you're, you're 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 right there's there's a there is a direct connection between uh, the, the the inner truth that we can tolerate and what we can actually uh, manifest in the outer world. Uh, in terms of, in other words, you have to have 
reached a certain level of self-awareness before you can successfully generate uh, a positive outcome in the in in your creations in the outer world and so uh, that's one of the reasons why we have to uh, uh, we have to master uh, you know our our spiritual identity and uh, that's that's really the challenge and you know i do, i do think that there 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 are there are certainly more people out there today than there ever have been before who are questioning are 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 stretching are looking for answers and you know they they may not be in government but but they're there and i think at some point um you know it's it's going to sort of be more of a global movement or understanding i you know i i today tomorrow i don't think so but but the fact that you and i can even talk about this is is i think an amazing um jump jump forward uh 30 years ago 40 years ago we couldn't have have been on a podcast talking about this you know people you know one of us would have one of us would have been burned at the stake um <laughs> if not both but yeah. but you know we're at a point in time where the you know people are so much more open to um this aspect and and looking into the possibilities that that you know maybe we are maybe our culture is older than we thought maybe the survivors i mean you know they have the denisovan um denisovan Denis, yeah denisovan um, denisovan you're you're talking about denisovan yeah i mean yeah, i i denisovan. always mispronounce that yeah, I mean, it's, uh, so, they're, so the, they're like the Neanderthals. Yeah, so so it's 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 kind of I I, I do think that that people are beginning to understand that that Homo sapiens sapiens are a lot older than they thought, and are are a lot of the the structures on our planet are a lot older than anybody is, has been able to embrace, and. When we get to the point where it's like you know, oh, this is pre, you know, this is before the flood. This is, you know, so so that what was that like? And pre-diluvian, thank you. And and you know, maybe that's where the Garden of Eden was. Sure. So, you know, uh, that may have been a loving, wonderful culture that that didn't survive a global catastrophe that that came for you know with a, a colliding with a planet or an asteroid hitting or or whatever so that so that we have a better grasp of where we came from i think that's the big thing where did we come from you know we didn't we aren't just 10,000 years old we're we're more ancient than that so you know let's let's be open to the fact that that we've we have come through time and we have come through catastrophes and the species has survived so there is a survival instinct in us that is profound but it there's also that that fact that i do believe we are searching for our our source where did we come from yeah. you know barbara i'm and, gonna have to uh to run uh but i i very much enjoyed uh, our conversation and it's a uh, uh, I, I I appreciate very much the uh, your uh, 
the, your kind words about what we're doing here and about uh, uh, how it uh, uh, and hopefully uh, your audience will uh, will uh, will get the message there. Well, we'll put it out there for sure, and and hopefully we can we can talk again at a future date and and further explore all of this. Absolutely, and uh, just uh, anybody interested can check out our website at lannisrising.com, and also um, uh, we have a new YouTube channel now where we're putting up a lot of our materials, which is which is the. Atlantis Rising Research Group uh, YouTube channel. Fantastic. I will check that out, and so will everybody else. That's good. And And, uh, and I'll get this up on our channel, and I will send you a link to, to, um, to this as soon as I get it up. And I thank you again for your time and, and for all of your efforts. And, uh, I think this is just the beginning of another adventure for you. Well, thank you, Barbara. I very much enjoyed it, and uh, and uh, I I hope that uh, that uh, we'll uh, we'll have uh, there will be more there will be further chapters in this story. <laughs> I'm sure there will be. Thank you again, and and have a great one. Thank you, Barbara. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Um, this will be up on YouTube, and uh, please check out his website. Check out. The book, it's Ghosts of Atlantis uh, with J. D- Douglas Kenyon. Um, it's it's a fabulous book. You'll, you'll want to read it a couple times over for sure. Uh, do join me, oh gosh, let's see, on Saturday, Mary, Mary Joyce and I are going to be talking about little people and they're not who you think they are. So I will see you then. Take care now. Have a wonderful day.